It's the 8th. September the 8th. It's Fear Not Friday. Day September the 8th. The year is 2023. Let's get going. find this let's play vessel two three go
Amen. Thank you, family. Thank you, family. That was actually my first choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are you doing, Rubikins? Hey, good morning. I took a short vacay with no cell service or internet. It was nice to be one with nature. Oh, good, Kathy. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, that's one of our songs called Vessel, and it comes from, uh, you know, the potter and the clay. God mold me, shape me, use me. Can you use me again, Lord? That's kind of the thought. Please use me again. All right, well, if you keep us in your prayers for the weekend, we got a big weekend this weekend. We'll be heading out to Kentucky today, tonight, and at Joins Chapel. Uh General Baptist Church, and tomorrow night is uh, Converge here in Smith County, then Sunday of morning is at Providence and Hartsville, and then Sunday night is at Midland Baptist Church in Shelbyville, and so it's going to be a pretty full weekend. We just appreciate you guys remembering us this weekend, your prayers for safe travels, and we want to thank you for being here this morning as well. Thank you so much. All right. We're in Proverbs chapter 19, and I went ahead and put that we're going to go 22 through 22 through 29 because so many of these are kind of repeats, and I don't think that'll, that we'll have any you know, real deep ones that takes us a long time, but we're starting with verse 22, Proverbs 19 this morning in our Bible study, and let's just say, Father in heaven, God... Be with us as we study your word, as we walk through this verse by verse. May you receive glory and honor in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our King, we pray. Amen. Okay, verse 22 says, let me jump over here on captions and put this up. Verse 22 says, what is desired in a man is kindness, in a poor man is better than a liar. Basically, this proverb is just stating a couple of virtues that are just actual virtues and what is desired as a virtue. Well, kindness in a man is desired. People like a gentle, kind man and, you know, a good man. And a poor man is better than a liar. It's just saying... You know, even somebody that's poor, he's better off than the liar is. Nobody loves the virtue, the bad virtue of a liar. Lying is no good. Verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. You know, every day we pray. Lord, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. And Jesus says, pray like this every day. Pray every day. Lord, steer me clear from temptations. Lead us away from temptations, right? Well, this proverb says the fear of the Lord leads to life. And if we want to find satisfaction, it is in uh, seeking out the Lord. And the fear of the Lord will lead us to seeking out the Lord, seeking a relationship with the Lord, and that's how we abide in true satisfaction. 
nothing else can really satisfy us ever. Uh, we will stay empty. True satisfaction, I believe, only comes, real joy only comes from the joy of the Lord and being and abiding in Him. And I bet you several people out there could say amen to that. You would agree with that. Abiding in the Lord. Verse 24, so Proverbs 19, 24, a lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. So, of course, this is an exaggeration. You know, it's basically saying the same thing that it said often over and over and over. It's just another way of saying the lazy is going to go hungry. Buries his hand in the bowl. Uh, some translation says bosom uh, doesn't bring it to his mouth. It's like he puts his hand in the bowl, right? And he doesn't even bring it to his mouth. So it's just an exaggeration of saying he's so lazy he will not do what it takes to bring himself food. He's going to go hungry. Just another way of saying it. Verse 25. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will become wary. Rebuke one who has understanding, and he will discern knowledge. So this would be a good one to talk a little bit about. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will become wary. In, in other words, when punishment is meted out, others will take notice of that. Now, this is especially true. Yesterday we're, we're talking about disciplining a child while there's time, you know, while there's a season where you can discipline. Well, the thing is, is I don't know if you've noticed this, but in our family, Kayla is our oldest. She's our 31-year-old, 32-year-old. She's 32 now, right? 32-year-old. But Kayla had younger siblings, and the... Discipline of Kayla kind of led to her leading her other siblings into don't do this and don't do that and don't roll your eyes, Dad, and don't talk back to Dad, you know. So it, it's just a, a reality that, uh, you know, when when there is a chastening or when there's correction, others take no, uh, notice of the correction. It happens in every kind of situation in school, in school, in the classrooms. You know, if someone is getting in trouble for something, it shows others, well, we don't need to do that. Or at least maybe we say what it really teaches them is, is don't get caught doing that. Mm. <laughs> uh, but others notice. Others notice punishment. And the same thing happens in community. As a community turns more and more evil and as less and less punishment comes for evil that's done... Guess what happens? Others take notice. And when they notice that in that city, a, a group of people all together go break into a store and they steal all the stuff and nobody does anything about it, guess what they decide to do? So people take notice whether, you know, discipline is coming or it is not coming. That's taken notice of as well. And therefore, silence begets more and more silence, and 
that's why how evil just keeps going. Uh, I'm studying uh, recently. I'm I'm studying right now the errors of the German church in the 1930s and kind of what took place with the church and with the pastors of that day that led to the rise of Hitler and the Holocaust and how the churches, you know, how many churches decided to just go along with the flow and not say anything. (laughs) And it caused much devastation. And it can be argued that it is because of the silence of the church and very brilliantly argued that because of the silence of the church and the silence of pastors and pastors who decided, let's just not say anything. Uh, that brought the rise to Hitler. And then because the majority of pastors said, well, we don't want to rock the boat, then the 3,000 pastors that did stand up against it, their voice was not as strong. And so they become, you know, being arrested and, and the whole Holocaust just takes off. And nobody could imagine how bad the Holocaust would be. And I say that to just say here, we must stand up in our communities. And if we don't speak up now, if we don't stand up for truth now, uh, if we don't stand up for free speech, the time can very easily come when we can't have free speech. We're almost there now. Matter I think of fact. A, a, sneakier side of that is when we say to ourselves well we're going to go into our prayer closets and pray we're all just going to join in together inside the walls and pray for change in the spirit you do need to do that yeah but faith without works is dead faith without works is dead to put something behind that and that's the whole point that's why bonhoeffer came out in that day and said look you know just saying you have faith doesn't mean anything faith must act itself out actually what we do actually reveals if we actually really have faith or not. And we're not saved by what we do in the sense of we're saved by grace through faith alone. But faith that saves, we can argue by Scripture. Faith that saves is never alone. If we have faith, it is going to act a certain way. And we must stand up against evils. I think it's harder nowadays because like you look in the days of... I was reading a book that was talking about... World War One, right? And sometimes when there's a war actually going on that that you can see, you know what I mean? It's more... You want to come over here? <laughs> Not really. Well, if you want to talk... But it makes me think, nowadays, the war we're fighting, even here in America with the politics and everything, is a much subtler war. It's behind the scenes. It's, you know what I mean? Like, even for the common people... Yeah. Like, I was reading about how... Well, it's disguised this up better. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's not It's not just like uh, we're getting reports of Germany is doing this thing and they're moving and they're taking over. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. wasn't... It's, it's not as out in the open, as at least as Germany became, at least as war became. And so it's like it can be harder. We've been so used to, especially in America, of thinking everything's all good because of where we live. Right. And so it's really hard. It's almost like when you put your faith in in someone and you're like, ah, they can never do that. Mm-hmm. They can never whatever. Um, it's kind of like that. It's like we've kind of put our trust in the country 
mm-hmm. that we're in, not realizing how much so, corruption has crept in. But see, know? this is this is what I'm talking about that I've been that I'm studying on right now is that, but before that ever took place, there were some pastors that saw what was happening was going to lead to that if it wasn't stopped and started speaking against it. Bonhoeffer was one. Uh, but the majority of church people said, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to speak against them. Same thing is happening today with identity politics and churches and pastors saying, well, I don't, I mean, I just don't think we need to get involved. We're just, yeah. let's just preach the gospel and let's not speak up. We must speak up. We must stand for truth. And I don't, and the church must not come to the place where it doesn't speak because all of that happened way before he takes power you know what I mean? And and then the final solution, but the final solution was 1942. I mean, we're halfway into World War II before the final solution comes out and the death camps. And the people could have never, they never thought that death camps would have been possible. Mm-hmm. However, you come back 10, 12 years earlier and, it, and some pastors were seeing, look, if we allow this and we allow this and we allow this, you know, if we're silent now, then we're not. We're, we can't speak then. So, kind of like abortion. Yeah, nowadays. abortion. Uh, the uh, uh, transgender. Schools. Yeah. I mean, let's go back to where it began. I mean, yes, this is where it's manifesting now, but where it began was way back here. Yeah, just sure. Like, just like sure. the situation with the German church. Yeah. Um. Yeah. God help us. I God mean, help us. You know, all of it is a part of delusion. And there is great delusion coming, even greater delusion. I can't imagine greater delusion than we have now, but greater delusion is coming. And we need to be aware. And right. We need to know the truth right. so that we can recognize the truth. And so that's kind of the point. It's like it, how much more responsible are we if we did not learn from the past and we can look and study what happened? Or we just say, well, I don't want to know what happened. Well, we don't have that option, you know. It is the prophets that spoke against the king's action. It is the prophets that God called to call the king and the nation back. And today the church has a responsibility. Now, if all churches and all pastors would just stand up and teach truth, think about it, then the truth would get into each community. But the more we decide to be silent and we say, well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and we just want to love everybody. Well, what does love mean? But anyway, I'll just leave that with you to be thinking about that. One last thought. When you said the prophets, it really struck me. The prophets were not very politically correct. Who was the no. Who's the, the greatest prophet according the, to Jesus? And the ones who were politically correct weren't true prophets. Right. Well, maybe yeah. they, Mom said, who was the greatest prophet? According to Jesus, John the Baptist, right? Right. And what did he do all the time? Repent. Got and, him killed. And, well, and yeah. called and out the, the officials. Quote, called him out. It's not lawful for you to do this. This is against God's law. And, and so we got government now that's going totally against God's law. And instead of I'm not I, I instead of just speaking truth and <laughs> we just got to speak the truth because this verse says rebuke one who has understanding and he will discern knowledge. We must teach. Okay, it's just like, could I could I give this analogy? It's just like discipline the child while you can, right? <laughs> while there's while there's hope. So maybe it's not too far yet. Maybe there's hope now. Now I'm just one 
pastor trying to teach and speak, right? But if more pastors would just speak the truth, and maybe there's time now and people will understand and they will hear from their pastors and turn around and say, wait a minute, this is wrong. Wait a minute. Uh, you know, there's this saying that came out, to, not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act, right? And so we must hold up truth. All right, verse 26. He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. So prodigal. You know, this is the opposite of the commandment. Honor your father and your mother. This is the opposite of that. He dishonors his father, chases off his mother. Uh, you know, it, he's one who brings reproach. That's the fruit of what happens in his life. So it's not good. It's the exact opposite. And he's a reproach. And God is not pleased with that. And I think 27 goes with it. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the word of knowledge. So immediately I had that because songs, Lee says, how we relate to our past. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Right. <laughs> it's like there's never a time to stop listening to instruction. What do you think? I think there's never a time. We need to always be listening to instruction. We think, well, I get this old and I will never have to listen to instruction again. No. I think we continually need to listen to instruction. I need to listen to instruction. The instruction of the Lord. The instruction to elders and older people than me. The instruction of those who have gone on before me. And look at the examples, you know. Yeah, the basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah. Amen. Cease listening to instruction and you're going to stray from the words of knowledge. It ain't going to go good, right? Never, ever stop listening to instruction. Come on, we can get through these quickly. Let's do it. Verse 28, a disreputable witness scorns justice and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity. We've talked about this many times and that's why I said we can go quick. He's the worst of the worst. Imagine somebody laying his hand on the Bible. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And then he lies. That's bad. We see it all the time. And we see it all the time. And that's the worst of the worst. And he's like a the wicked mouth that is devouring iniquity. He just loves it, loves it, eats up iniquity. Loves it, runs after it hard. Last verse, same. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the back backs of fools. That's verse 29 in the last of chapter 19. And I thought I would just turn over to Matthew 25 and read the words of Yeshua here. Starting with verse 41. So I'm in Matthew 25, 41. Then he will say also to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't made for you was prepared for Lucifer and the fallen angels who rebelled with him. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger 
you did not take me in. Naked, you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger and naked or sick and in prison and did not minister to you? Then he, the king, will answer them. Assuredly, I say to you, in as much as you did it not to one of the least of these, and we could put my brethren, you did it not to me. These will go way into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to everlasting life. So remember, judgment is prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of fools. Not only discipline, but a final judgment is coming. But when we look at that, we look at those who say that they believe, but are not walking out that faith. It's not changing how they live. And so what Jesus is saying, your life has showed that even though you consent and verbally you say you believe, you didn't believe. Because if you believed, here's the things that would follow. If you're my disciples and you believe in me, these are going to follow in your life. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. I hope you got something out of this day. You got something to add, my love? No, I was just wondering, what days are we going in the studio next week? And are we going to have day break those Tuesday days? And Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't know. I will put something out once I... Figure, figure out what time well, we've got to be there. Here, Lord willing, we'll see you on. And then I went, will we? <laughs> will we so I don't know about that? Tuesday and Wednesday. We have studio time in Nashville. We're, as of right now today, we're planning on recording four songs. Uh, next week, we're going to start the recording process. So anyway, it's on my heart to do it. I'm hoping God will allow that to happen. And we're going to try to get that done. So don't forget. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Smith County. Yeah, if you can't be there, pray for us. Let's lift up. Lord, bless them as they sing, right? I don't know if 10 people's going to show up well, we or 200. I don't know. There's going to be at least seven. There's going to be at least seven. My family's going to be there. And Philip Scott said he's going to be there, so that's eight. eight. <laughs> I don't know who else is coming. Uh, I think more than that will come. But we just want to worship and praise the Lord. Our Father... Who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Shalom, beautiful saints. Have a blessed weekend. Shabbat shalom. And we will see you next week sometime for sure. Shabbat shalom.